0: Tell us a little bit about the IFCN, Alexios.
1: Yeah, the IFCN was launched three years ago, very much as an outgrowth of this conference. Uh, That it was uh, great to bring the fact checkers together, to learn from one another, to discover new formats and new approaches that would be more effective. Uh, But then we realized that meeting just once a year wasn't enough, that we needed a continuous forum to learn from one another, and that's how the IFCN came about.
0: You played a key role developing the code of principles. Can you tell us what those principles are briefly and why we need them, and is it working, and how do you enforce them as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, the principles really all boil down to one overarching principle, which is that transparency. It means the transparency of your methods, so how you choose what you choose, how you fact check what you choose. Uh, Transparency of your corrections, so you need to be honest with your readers uh, if you're going to be correcting others. Uh, Transparency of your organization and your funding. We believe that the first role of the fact checker is to be honest with their readers. Um, We enforce that through a network of uh, uh, local journalism experts that can assess country by country whether each organization actually meets the guidelines that are then broken down into 13 specific points that I'm not going to get into. But we have been uh, pleased to see a lot of organizations sort of set themselves through this pretty onerous process, not in terms of financials, but in terms of the actual bringing all the paperwork, so to speak. Um, But also honored to see the platforms recognize that this is a badge of excellence. And so Facebook, for instance, will only work with partners, uh, with fact-checking partners that are signatories of our Code of Principles.
0: So, I mean, obviously there's a very diverse range of organizations involved in fact-checking and they have different agendas, different sources of funding, different languages, different cultures. Do you think that it is possible to enforce a single sort of code to govern fact-checking internationally?
1: I mean, I was, uh, uh, that's a, from the very start of uh, the Global Fact Checking Conference, I was surprised how this instrument translates so well across cultures and regions. That there is the same thirst for public accountability and for actual uh, information and facts in journalism. And so I think just like the format translates well, our rules translate well. Of course, on some things uh, it might be a little harder, it might be tricky, uh, but we haven't found, we have uh, signatories from, I think the latest count is 28 countries in all regions of the world. We haven't really found it to be uh, a real difficulty for any of these organizations, if they are committed to transparency, that is.
0: One of the really interesting issues that came up during the conference is how committed are organizations like Google and Facebook to enforcing better standards, You know, particularly in the context of a proliferation of fake news around the world. As the guy, the, the brains behind the operation, do you have confidence that these sorts of organizations are doing enough to counter the proliferation of fake news?
1: Uh, I don't think they're doing enough. I don't think in some senses they'll ever be doing enough. Um, but I think compared to even just to a year ago, uh, we have taken enormous leaps forward. That There is a much more serious commitment. And I'm thinking especially from Facebook because of how they were particularly reticent to make that commitment, Google was perhaps more open and has remained a little more open. Um, so I think this this change takes time, but I have seen a switch from just a PR, let's get out of this crisis mode, to uh, actually this has to be one of our core missions. So it is our role to keep pushing them, uh, and we will. Uh, but I'm hopeful that they will uh, gradually make it a, a less a uh, hijackable platform for um, misinformation.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I wonder if organisations like Facebook aren't simply paying lip service to this sort of ideas, but I think it's reached a point now where it's they've realised it's sort of potentially affecting their credibility in a profound way. You know, issues like Cambridge Analytica and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, do you have confidence that they're actually? genuinely doing things to counter I have this uh,
1: confidence in uh, specific interlocutors in the company uh, well that's one thing we also need to remember These are very large companies uh, and they're not a monolith there are teams that have that care that had reached to us about fact checking before 2016 uh, before November 2016 so in the summer 2016 early so there there are people in there who really are passionate about it the question is as with every large organization can the agents of change reform an entire organization how far can they get, and how far up are obstacles to their change? So uh, do I have uh, confidence in an inanimate in, inamin- in inamin- object like uh, a social network as a whole? No. Do I have confidence in specific people who are fighting for this internally? Yes. Whether they win their fight is, uh, uh, will have consequences for all of us.
0: One of the interesting things that we touched on during the conference is how a fact checker can leave you know, I mean, I guess everyone has their own political views and arguably political biases. Do you think fact-checkers can leave their own political baggage at the door, so to speak? And how, how do you do that? How do you be a good fact-checker and be dispassionate?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the fact-checking method allows for um, sh- sort of locks-out uh, opinions. Uh, so I think when it comes to having already chosen the claim to fact-check, Uh, If you aren't choosing the best evidence, it will show uh, that you're being a partisan. Um, I think, uh, and this is a a question I I struggle with, of course, even as a professional, you might have opinions, and these might not, uh, I don't think they uh, um, affect the fact-checking process, but they might color the way uh, uh, things are chosen, things are run. So I think we need to think long and hard about um, uh, making even the selection process as open, transparent and uh, objective as possible. And we are doing that. A lot of fact checkers are uh, opening entirely their selection process to, to readers. We saw an example from France. Now they only fact check questions that they get from their readers. And so I think we need to, fact checking has now uh, been going on for a while. We need to keep challenging ourselves to get better and better.
0: Just finally, finally Alexios, because I know you've got to start cleaning up after the <laughs> conference. What do you think the future holds for fact-checking? It's interesting that it's referred to as a movement now. Um, do you think this is only going to get bigger? And um, you know, I mean, I guess what, what sort of model is the best model? I suppose there isn't a, a single model, but wh- where's it going? What's what's going to happen? In I the mean, future? I'm hoping
1: two major things. One is to uh, I get asked often, oh, isn't journal- isn't fact-checking just good journalism? Sure. And the answer is yes. And I'm sure you get that asked this yeah, all the time. we're all journalists. So I'm hoping so, eventually yeah. that we become a, 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 almost an unnecessary entity, that everyone does this type of work. And I think everyone is increasingly in line fact-checking even within just normal reporting work. The other thing I'm noticing and I'm hoping is that we can realize that right now with polarization and partisanship being so intense that we might need to move away from fact-checking individuals and more keeping track of public opinion and what are common misperceptions and make it about the topics rather than about the individuals. Not because we are partisan in choosing the individuals. We choose public officials who have power. We need to keep them accountable. But it might be that those people who see uh, that their electorate, who who maybe sometimes is more of a fan base, might be more open to understanding and discussing these facts when they're not tied to someone uh, uh, that they trust almost tribally.
0: Alexis thank you so much it's been a tremendous thank week. you so much